Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We're getting reactions to Treasury's new plan for the bank bailout, and we're talking now with Peter Vanella, Global Head of LECG's Financial Services Sector. Peter, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Peter, just to give our audience a little bit of context, why don't you tell them just a bit about LECG and your role there? Well, LECG is a uh, economic analysis and uh, litigation support group that also provides uh, consulting services uh, to a variety of uh, institutions and government agencies. Um, my role is to uh, coordinate and, and head the, all the financial services practices that we have within LECG, and that primarily targets uh, financial institutions um, as well as government agencies, as I mentioned earlier. Very good. Now, the... Secretary Geithner unveiled his plan today. The market liked it. What are your reactions to it? Well, I think this is a definite improvement from his earlier announcement about four weeks ago, which basically said, well, we're thinking about things. I think in this case, um, they've uh, come up with some concrete proposals on how they're going to go forward. Um, I can see why the market uh, is excited because I think for the last uh, month and a half or so, I think the, the majority of the opinion was just announce something that you're going to do and do it. Uh, the inaction, I think, was is uh, harmful to you know the getting the economy going again as anything else. So I think in general, it's a it's a broad plan, and uh, I think it does have some merits to it. Now, when you get into some of the specifics, Peter, what do you see that's different from what we've seen before from this administration and the previous? Well, I think they've learned their lessons again. Uh, you know, starting in November, uh, I think the idea was to stop the panic, and it really was panic in, uh, when Lehman Brothers uh, went under. And uh, the government stepped up, uh, I think, in a very big way. Um, and uh, since that initial uh, response, it's been somewhat tentative in terms of uh, what it's actually going to do, where it's going to go, how it's going to use TARP money. Uh, there's been lots of fits and starts and, 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 and different ideas floated. I think here what you saw uh, was a concerted effort, not just with Treasury, but also with the FDIC and the Fed, with uh, the announcement last week, for instance, of the increase in the uh, TALF money, um, as well as the um, buying of $300 million with the Treasuries. Uh, I think Treasury now came up with a, a plan that basically explained a few of the, the real problems that TARP had, uh, the biggest one being is how they're going to price these assets. Uh, going in uh, jointly with uh, private funds, I think is a is a great idea. It's a unique idea. Um, one of the things that uh, I've heard from a lot of banks specifically was that uh, the private equity firms are coming in, looking at you know getting 70% off the face uh, for some of these assets. And if the government was going to come in and pay 80 cents, they were just going to wait. I think that. Uh, the fact that now you know the, the two uh, major buyers, the government and private equity hedge funds and, and other types of alternative investments, um, are now working together, I think that'll be uh, different. Um, I think the uh, blending of an asset purchase program and a um, the increase in the lending facility, I think, is also important. And there are banks out there that don't feel the need to sell these assets. Uh, in many cases, these assets are paying as if they're uh, perfectly performing um, uh, securities. Uh, the underlying cash flows are coming in, um, and although it, it, it uh, is a use of capital, 
Uh, some of these banks think that it's, it's a reasonable use of capital. I think J.P. Morgan is a, is a very good example. Um, so coming up with a lending program that allows them to use these uh, in a traditional leverage manner for a bank, which would be through a repo program or security lending program, allows banks that don't want to sell these assets to participate and get more liquidity. And then also, again, allows um, the institutions that just like to get these off their balance sheets and, and get them behind them the ability to do that as well. Um, I also think that the idea that the plan is geared towards all types of financial institutions, small and large, is also uh, a bit different. Uh, before, uh, it left a lot of the community banks out in the cold in terms of some of the specific um, and some of the specific uh, aspects of the, of the TARP program. So I think you're seeing a more con- comprehensive plan, uh, one that uh, marries private and public funds one that uh, addresses banks that would like to sell as well as banks would just like to uh, increase their liquidity. So I think it's a, it's, a, it's a much more detailed plan as well. Uh, and I think it's got um, some real merits, as I said earlier. So given the unique aspects here, especially the, the private and the public partnership, what needs to happen for this plan to work? Well, there's still a lot of operational details that haven't been described and there's also the the famous chicken and egg problem um, in many ways um, once this program is successful it'll, it'll be uh, self-sustaining and I think it's getting the critical mass uh, to get it started where it really starts to have an effect um, one of the big questions is okay if the private equity uh, funds are still going to offer uh, or bid on these securities 30 cents on the dollar, um, there probably won't be a big appetite on banks to sell for that level. So even though the banks won't be able to wait for the government to come in, uh, if the program doesn't really start to have demonstrable uh, impact in terms of freeing up capital, um, there'll be a question of how long the, the government will stay with the program um, and you know abandon it for something that they find more effective. So getting uh, getting the initial kickoff going quickly and getting real appetite on the on the part of the banks to um, sell these assets is a, is a critical aspect to it. Uh, another point is um, if you look at the type of assets they're, they're, that they're willing to um, to buy uh, through this program, they're still relatively non-toxic toxic assets and assets you're dealing with. Uh, uh, private-labeled uh, mortgage-backed securities and commercial mortgage-backed securities that were originally AAA rated. That leaves a lot of the CDO structures, the SIF structures uh, that are there, uh, out there still um, uh, still on the bank's balance sheet, and there's quite a bit of that. Um, and there's also a lot of sub- subprime and uh, mezzanine tranches for these um, security- securitizations that are still going to be left on the bank's balance sheet. So I think one of the other issues is that um, as it starts to buy these assets, is it really going to free up the capital that they think it's going to? Um, probably the, the, the biggest issues um, are just purely operational. Um, Treasury is not an operationally oriented um, department. Um, they don't do a lot in terms of settling and clearing securities transactions. They don't um, monitor principal and interest payments. Um, and even the Federal Reserve, who has um, some of that capability, and doesn't really have uh, that in, in, at the kind of volumes we're talking about. They run more of a, of a treasury function uh, of, a, of a bank as opposed to really a, a full-fledged investment banking operation that would be processing all this type of uh, information and then the risk management over it uh, on top of that. So I think there's a lot of operational issues 
that uh, Treasury is going to have to overcome. Um, they gave hints that that would be done through outsourcing. Um, it sounded like uh, private managers would be managing these funds. Uh, I know the BlackRock and PIMCO and a number of other large managers are already stepping up to the plate, but still Treasury and uh, the GAO, who have supervision uh, responsibilities over uh, Treasury, are still going to have to monitor these programs, and it's kind of a question mark of, of how well they're going to do. Also, I think you were starting off with the, the public sector and the private sector being aligned in their interests, um, how long that can maintain through the life of these, these instruments, and some of these are 30-year maturities. Uh, also remains to be seen. At some point, will you know that partnership start to fray at the edges? Um, and uh, I think again, having a good communication from an operational point of view between the the, the private and public um, aspects of this program are going to be critical. So, really, a lot of the things that could make this work also could derail the plan if if not handled correctly. Yeah, I, I think we're kind of on a nice edge here. It can go either way. I think again, the market's reaction in my opinion, is boosted as much by the fact that they, they've defined something now that can be, you know, there's some meat on the bones. You can uh, inspect the value of it. You can understand uh, some of the operational aspects where before it was more, well, we're going to come in and help, which is really kind of what Treasury's been saying since last November. Um, but, again, if this program starts off uh, weekly, if there's not a lot of receptivity to sell these assets, um, if the operational hurdles can't be overcome relatively quickly, so the program can take, you know, can you know, really start in earnest in, in the next few weeks as opposed to the next few months, um, you know, all those kinds of things could you know, clearly derail this, and then we're back kind of where we were um, for the last uh, two or three months. Now, you mentioned a few minutes ago that this was good news for the community banking institutions. Now, I'd like to hear some more about that. What's the message to them, and how do they benefit from the news today? Well, I, again, I think the program was designed not just to help you know the, those too big that you can't let fail. Um, I think there is a program here that allows uh, smaller banks to step up and sell their assets. And I think a key provision of this is the fact that the government doesn't have to be part of every uh, investment pool um, that would be auctioned. This allows private equity firms to get into uh, the smaller banks as well as the, the larger banks, and they're not putting any limits in terms of uh, government controls and oversight and, and the type of, of uh, uh, aspects of TARP that I think has been somewhat harder, especially for the smaller banks, to to absorb. Um, there's been a lot of interest in private equity uh, buying um, uh, bank assets uh, to the point where a number of, of firms were looking at starting bank holding companies. Um, that's a very difficult and timely uh, uh, initiative, and I think allowing the private equity funds to go in and buy through this program uh, is going to, you know, uh, really quicken the pace of uh, banks uh, selling their assets to private equity firms, and again, it gives uh, the community banks access to capital they may not be able to naturally attract themselves. I mean, there's, uh, there's a small community bank in, in uh, Indiana or Iowa or somewhere else in the Midwest may not have access to some of the bigger funds that tend to be located on the coast. Um, I think the other ability is, you know, to, again, lend, um, you know, to pledge your collateral to the uh, TALF program. It gives them a lot more flexibility as well, uh, because I think one of the other issues is, okay, you get these bad assets off your balance sheet, and now you're supposed to start lending again. Well, there may not be the opportunity to make the type of loans and the size of loans that a community bank needs to generate the revenues 
um, that its shareholders and owners expect. So, again, the ability to keep some of these assets that uh, are still generating positive cash flows um, and still be at the same time uh, able to generate liquidity, I think, is, is important. And I think if you look at the ultimate um, goal of, of the programs that were announced and um, uh, modified over the last uh, two weeks, uh, this should put more, uh, you know, borrowing power out there so that uh, banks can lend um, and hopefully, you know, get the the housing market back uh, on its, uh, on track. So I think from a from the small institutions to the large, this has a lot of, of good potential. Again, the the, uh, the issue is will it start uh, credibly and, and maintain you know that that momentum. One last question for you, Peter. Uh, this is sort of the first shoe dropping. What do you expect to see next from this administration in terms of financial services? Well, um, I've, I've described the, the state of the financial system uh, as uh, looking like post-World War II Europe, where you know, there weren't roads, there, uh, the infrastructure was really dismantled, there wasn't hot water, there wasn't electricity. Um, and it all had to be rebuilt with the Marshall Plan. Um, and I use the Marshall Plan in terms of its size and its scope and its ambition as, as, as a, a realistic analog to what we're going to have to see in the financial services system here. Um, again, I think this is the first shoe to drop in the, in the sense of trying, trying to change the directory of the, uh, the trajectory of the economy from going down very steeply to something that might level off. Um, we still have a lot of other types of assets that are not part of these programs um, that are going to weigh on these banks' balance sheets and weigh very heavily on those balance sheets that are going to have to be addressed in some way or another. Um, there's uh, a panoply of regulatory reform that's been already discussed. I think you're going to see some real action in that way. Uh, I think you'll see this pendulum swing very heavily in the regulatory arena to where um, Hedge funds and private equity funds become at least moderately regulated. I'm not necessarily advocating that, but yes, where I think the administration is going to go with it. Um, I think the populist bent um, that this whole situation has taken over the last couple of weeks, especially with the AIG bonuses, if that stays at the fore, I think you'll see regulations becoming very, very heavy and very, very heavy-handed. Um, my hope is that they understand that uh, regulations our business inhibitors on purpose, and the more you put in there, sometimes the more you inhibit a business beyond what you initially thought. Um, but I, I think you'll see uh, a, lots of actions on lots of different fronts. I think it'll still be uh, maintaining lots of liquidity in the system through the Fed's monetary policies as, as, as well as their buying of, of assets. Um, and until there's really an inflationary um, danger, I think you'll see that, you know, in spades, as we've seen over the last week, with the announcement of the $300, million, uh, $300 billion purchase of, of treasuries. Um, I think the the other issue, excuse me, $300 million, not $300 billion. Uh, I think the other issue is um, really where are they going to go with um, looking at the international uh, framework. There's been some talk now of even having a single regulatory framework that's actually imposed as opposed to voluntary. Um, I'm not sure how well that would work. This country really can't agree on too many things, uh, much less inside one country. Going, trying to go across as many geographies as you have to do here, but I think that you know you'll start seeing some of the the um, a, a large, large growth in um, uh, in regulatory uh, actions, if I can put it that way, whether done by statute or just by regulatory mandate. I think that'll definitely happen. 
It'll be an interesting administration, isn't it? Well, I have to say one thing. You know, he wanted to be elected uh, at this point in time, um, and I think if you look at the kind of energy that the administration had, not just Obama. I mean, they're definitely trying to address things. Um, I, I think that the damage um, since November and even probably the first part of 2008 is very, very deep. And I'm not sure that the, the general lay people understand just how badly the financial system has been um, not just disrupted, but fundamentally changed. I mean, when this is over, um, traditional investment banks as we knew them you know, for you know, a century or more are basically gone. Um, the large banks themselves have dismantled to uh, a great extent their investment banking functions. Um, lending, which um, over the last uh, two decades has become dominated by securitization, more than 50% of, of lending um, is through securitization. That's both uh, uh, wholesale corporate loans as well as uh, the consumer loans. Um, that whole infrastructure has been dismantled. Um, putting that all back together and getting this economy going is not going to happen, you know, by June. And I think what I think the big test for this administration is not announcing programs like this and getting a a nice, you know, bounce in the stock market. I think it's going to be what's going to be the economy and the economic condition over the next two to three years. Well said. Peter, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. We've been talking with Peter Vanella, Global Head of the Financial Services Sector for OECG. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.